Hey everybody, you're listening to the Combo Wombo Podcast. I'm Chip Muck, and with me as always is the Mr. Gimpy, where the perfect intro is always left on the cutting room floor. What's happening, bro? It's true. So, uh, lo and behold, everybody, uh, a Windows update came out a couple days ago, and I installed it, apparently. And uh, It installs no matter what you say, dude. Like, Windows does not care anymore. Even if you set it to uh, install you know or ask me before installing or whatever it doesn't give a shit it's like i'm pretty sure i restarted or something and it just did it who knows i'm pretty sure i had like all updates off and then it was just like yeah we're updating bro whatever it's it's you you come back to your computer it's giving you the finger as a bar (laughs) is like (laughs) it gives you that thing like oh i hope you saved (laughs) and it like just starts restarting (laughs) take this bitch (laughs) i'm updating all of my shit (laughs) you you want more features we got more features (laughs) I've been struggling here, uh, wondering, because I've been dabbling again back into Unity, uh, and I'm running into problems, as always. It crashed on me the other day, as Unity does, uh, and I'm messing with a basically fresh install of it, Okay, and I'm wondering if I need to update uh, it. So I'm sitting here, like, in the middle of this project. I'm not too deep into it, but I have a few days into it already, and I'm like, do I try and update to fix like some of the stuff I'm running into? Cause I'm running into stuff like the input manager where it doesn't want to deal with okay. me. It's just like that. Cause they have like a new input manager, which is the spreadsheet. Uh, but I'm using like scripts to access it, but I don't think that's the way you're supposed to do it. So I think that's breaking things because I'm like trying to have a uh, context sensitive buttons. Like when you're doing certain things, yep. it doesn't like that. It's like, nah, you're trying to reassign this button somewhere else. I don't think so, bro. So what uh, does it do? Does it crash or does it just not No, it just work? doesn't work. Like, I just like, mm. you know, I'm like hitting the buttons and nothing's happening. And I'm looking like an asshole, like in my game. So in your own game. <laughs> yeah. In my own game is making me look like an asshole. So player character is just uh, doing the Sonic thing where it's just disappointed in you and just <laughs> jumping pretty, off the screen. Pretty much. Yeah. I got it where like, uh, I'm like trying to have like a little ledge climbing sequence. Yeah, uh, and so I changed out my entire controller because I was like, you know what, I gotta get this feeling proper, uh, and I don't even know why, dude. Like, I, I don't think climbing is gonna be a huge part of this game, uh, so I'm like, maybe I should just cut that shit out right now and just be like, whatever, man. There's no, uh, you know, everything that I can uh, would be a problem with like ledge climbing. I can just access through like you know little events to trigger like a just a jump up. Sure. Uh, but it's more just the principle of it, like how much time I've wasted on this already. Uh, <laughs> you need to figure it out. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it, it's more just for learning. Uh, I don't know, man. And so, Dude. I no, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. No, Sorry. All right. no, I was just gonna say, like, I basically finished out like gray boxing out a level. Then I got a controller in there where I was like, all right, this is working, but just felt so loose. So then I spent like Friday afternoon, all of yesterday, uh, Saturday. Uh, messing with it, trying to get like a good tight control fill. Uh, so I'm probably like, you know, a good eight, 10, 12 hours into just messing with this controller. And like, this is like the last little bit of it is like just trying to get like this ledge climbing to work, which I already had working, but it was so loosey goosey. I was like, ah, I gotta go in here. I gotta figure this out. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so I just spent like all of last night, like up until about 1 a.m., like trying to get this going. And it, it was not good. Jeez, dude. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I, I was going to ask, do you have uh, an idea of how long this will be? I'm assuming it's like a, a one level, uh, 
it's a shooter, right? Is it a tactical yeah. shooter, or is it just doing third person uh, kind of arcadey kind of I game, think, or what? What's your what's your idea? It, the the thought is it's like a little bit of a Splinter Cell and a little bit of Resident Evil, where it's like going to be sneaking and like atmospheric. I'm um, going for like the you know next gen graphics because like there was like a sale on the the Unity asset store, so I was like, oh, let me pick up like some of these like HDRP uh, you know assets because I was like. Let me see how how people are making them. It turns okay. out that it's pretty straightforward, and like I could probably make better stuff. And like none of it's uniform because it's done by a dude for like whatever project they were working on, and they just sure, threw it up. Sure. They're like, so like I end up like with the situation where they have like uh, two by sixes, uh, and then like everything's basically two by two or two by four, right? Yep. In in this space, and yep. then they just decide to throw in like a random ass two by three piece, and they have no two by four piece. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? You have a a two by 10 and a two by six. How the fuck am I supposed to get this two by four uh, and a two by three to fit into any of this equation? It's like a, a weird ass math problem that I'm not I'm trying to solve. This up, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're basically like, let me throw everything together, make it real simple and easy for you, except for like the last little bit of edges. And you're going to have to have like shit, just like pouring out one way or the other, figure it out. Asshole. Do, <laughs> do you, uh, do- so the models, I'm assuming you can load into any any program and and edit shit yourself, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, like so, I've been like, why would you do that when you bought it? <laughs> the well, there's that, but like also like I've been messing with uh just the builder, like uh they got Pro Builder now in Unity. Uh, so they got Pro Builder and Pro Grids, they call it, and basically it's like a really mediocre uh, 3D modeling program that you can like really quickly and easily like gray box out a level with it. And then you can export that as an FBX, but you can also like it, it automatically, it knows what it's doing basically. Right. It's like, I'm yeah. making a box level for a video game. So like all the UVs and stuff are really clean in it. So it's like, you could just drop in uh, your physical base, you know, uh, assets, the, the PBRs and, and drop those on there on the materials. And it just looks good. And yeah. so, like, I'm questioning why I did anything when I should have just bought, like, a pack of, like, PBR uh, materials and just, like, drag and drop that in, uh, you know? And I don't know. Like, all you're basically doing is adding, like, a little bit extra geometry to, you know, like, a little ledge or a kickboard or something. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I got, uh... <laughs> I got that, and I was inspired, and I was, I was working deep, man. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, dude. I, um... Um, from our last episode, or maybe it was two episodes ago, um, I we talked about like tiled um, for you know two D asset level creation. Yep. Um, I was looking into that, and uh, then I found um, a program called LDTK, uh, the Level Designers Toolkit, and it's made by one of the devs from uh, Dead Cells. Actually, um, mm-hmm. it's based on their custom program they made to auto generate levels. And that um, works in with that game. game Maker, doesn't it? Works with a like, bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. plugs right. It just works. <laughs> like, yeah. It's the opposite of Tile that like uh, G developed that I was right, having problems. Right. Well, Tile have... has a has a dedicated plugin now, so that just works too. Nice. But uh, I, I was I was uh, looking into that, and um, some of the it's like Tile is great. Don't get me wrong, but some of the interface things that LDTK does is just so much more modern and slick. Like, if you're making a Metroidvania, you don't have to load a different part of the level, like in Tiled. You just zoom out, and then you have your entire world map, as it yeah. were, and then you can zoom in and, and and label things like Boss Room. And then maybe I'm just not 
like experienced enough in tile to know how to do it there but uh ldtk does it so like intuitively that i'm I'm having a lot of fun with it it also like lets uh, you add in custom script parts or whatever right where you can like yes you can mark things for later like oh this is going to be the boss room encounter Uh, so you can like set up like a little trigger right there and then like when you bring it into game maker like you just like type it in and you're like i'm good to go uh you can add in you know like your whatever coins or whatever and like your pickups yeah, yeah. Not, everything not right all there. the scripts will um go through um it's designed using i can't remember what game dev program it'll be called um yeah it, it's called that they use but it's something a little a little convoluted that not a lot of people are using but uh like except for like super experienced coders who are like yeah we're gonna fuck with this um yeah. but uh it works like natively with that program and uh Man, I can't remember what it's called, but um, with Game Maker, a lot of it does port in. But I mean, I would I would just custom do everything within Game Maker anyway, just yeah. to avoid any conflicts. Um, but I started uh, designing the uh, school layout for my uh, sneaking game uh, with LD2K or LDTK, and I was having fun ins- with it, man. Did you Inception me, bro? Is this why I'm trying to like work on a sneaky game too? <laughs> we, 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 we talked about it but yeah yeah uh, i was working on it we, we might have i don't know man also like like there's the splinter cell vr game coming out that we talked about a couple episodes back yeah. uh, i think we just so, like uh sneaky games we talked about like a whole episode of just uh like stuff games yeah you know? it's true it's true so yeah i started designing the school layout um right now i'm just doing it for fun we'll see what what flows and what works but it's mostly to learn the program at the moment um and I, you know, I was having fun with it, man. And I even uh, let my my kids use it. Um, just, just I was like, "Yeah, you're making this," and then uh, had them make a little level. And I loaded a sprite of Mario that I cut Mario's head off and and uh, put one of my kids' heads on, and uh, just yeah. kind of like cartoonized it, you know, and had them running around a level they made, kind of a Mario Maker within a computer for myself. So that was yeah. pretty fun. Um, they enjoyed that. I was gonna port that to like a tablet or something, and maybe make a quick auto runner game for them. So I, I, I might. It'll be like a game maker experiment for me. I'm just going to make an auto runner game starring my kids, um, just yeah. for them. It'll load on their Fire tablets. So I'll just side load it, and uh, they can play that. Because yeah, it's uh, one of the things where it's like it's all the stuff you do is kind of just modular, like kind of like what this controller I've been beating my head against. And also, I blame you for this controller just to tie it all back around <laughs> because like I, I gave you like a demo of the gray box level. And you're yes. like, oh, my controller doesn't work. And then I was like, oh, how can I just get this to to just work and it's been a fucking nightmare dude so i this is mainly the problem because like the game controls actually work on the keyboard with my inputs but then it becomes almost like an arma situation where like every key on the keyboard's doing some random shit uh and yeah yeah so it's i don't know it's kind of your fault because you're like oh but it's just make it easier make it controller support and uh (laughs) that's that's what i've been doing but like like you said like everything's just kind of modular so yeah. I don't look at it like it's like this is like a one-off, like simple, like two, three level situation, which is kind of the scope of this game where it's like there's going to be the intro level where you kind of do a little traversal, uh, the mystery part where you like get into like an office and like you, it builds up a little bit of suspense and then like uh, a little bit of sneaking and then like, you know, just uh, your zombie-esque uh, Resident Evil part of the game to, yeah. you know, discover more of the the mystery of what's going on there. Uh, and shout out to our boy uh, Heart on the Table. He kind of... A, I was like, man, write me like a quick synopsis for this because like I feel like things are <laughs> are easier to design for when you have like a backstory to it. Uh and so like True. he wrote he wrote me out like, you know, just a quick little paragraph and it's something like uh they basically just found something for space travel in the moon. And so we've been strip mining the moon. 
Uh, okay. And then, you know, and then shenanigans are afoot. Uh, and then there's like an advanced AI, uh, you know, uh, life forms that we met and they're out helping us. So there's like some robot characters and alien, basically doom aliens, you know, like <laughs> they dug a portal to hell. <laughs> like, got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. You know, it's funny. I was thinking that like, if you're a, a DM or you have experience in like D and D and stuff and you want to make a quick buck, just throw your services on Fiverr. Cause I noticed that anyone who's, who's even has a passing interest in D and D are really great at world building. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I, I just remember that from like school and stuff, man, like the kids who played D and D and we had like a custom project or something, they would build like these elaborate worlds in seconds. I'm like, all right, let's go with that. Yeah. That's you, buddy. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah I, I right. sent him. Uh, I sent him like pictures of like the asset packs I have. I'm like, here's the asset packs, and like I got to tie all this shit together, figure it out. <laughs> he was like, yeah, here you go, bro. And I was like, nice, dude. This is it's dope. Re- I really appreciate it too. It's like it's it's like little things too, like uh, that he wrote. Like I'm like adding into the world. Like I'm not necessarily gonna like have like an exposition thing, but yeah. like uh, he has like this mining material, and like I don't know how to pronounce it. You know, it's like some foreign substance. But like I added like little billboards with like that material in the background and stuff. So it's like they're kind of promoting like this uh, mining expedition. So I'm, I got to flex a little bit of my graphic design muscles where I'm like, oh, how would I design like a near future, like a uh, pro mining, uh, you know, little settlement. Sweet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's like stuff like that where you're like, uh, it really helps. Like just having like some back reference thing where I'm like, oh, I need to add something here. I need to make this world feel more lived in. Like what are the little things I can add to it? Uh, and that that all helps but yeah man like uh I, I don't really look at like anything as like wasted time for uh building out controls or how things work because like like you said like you can turn it into like anything like you can make like a free runner game out of it you can make like a an action game you can do you know have let's say you once said uh on this podcast where you figured out like the jump controls that you enjoy and yes. like that's just the default settings now, and I'm like, yes, that's what I kind of want. I want like my third person controllers where like it's it's just tight and it feels yeah. good and it's versatile. Where it's like, hey, maybe I want to make like some sort of climbing game later. Why wouldn't I just want this to work right now? It's like I'm doing right. all the hard work now up front to save myself a headache later on. But like, like I said, like some of the stuff is like kind of use case as well. Where it's like, how much of this modular do you want to be like all? all things to all people, you know, it's the, the Swiss army yeah. knife problem. Yeah. Well, I, I look at it like, uh, like if you look at like platinum games, right. Uh, they're very good at making action games. If you look at Bayonetta, um, altered chain, uh, Metal Gear rising revengeance, vanquish, all third person action games, um, all kind of have like a very similar movement feel, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, you know you're playing a platinum game when you pick up that controller, and uh, it just feels good. And I know that they, you know, they, they'll probably tweak some things here and there, but um, I know that they have like a baseline thing that they know feels good, and that's where they start from. And yeah. I think, you know, that's what like it's 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 funny because you know, uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, uh, Kojima famously really wanted to make this game had a very cool slicing mechanic, had no idea how to make it fun. Like, like <laughs> this was just such a great backstory, like with a, a ride and storyline and stuff. Um, he was dedicated to making it an action game, um, had absolutely zero idea how to make it fun. And then ended up outsourcing it to platinum and they made uh, one of the best fucking action games ever and and you know it's inspiration for fruit ninja (laughs) (laughs) right 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 um so it's it's one of those things where if you have like a a really good 
baseline that you can put into other projects. It makes it makes the what do you think the the one of the hardest parts of game dev is you know obviously finishing it but i think starting it right and deciding what feels good is also like yeah. you always have a, so you start off with a great idea you're excited about and then you sit down at the computer and you're like okay how do i transform this idea into something that works i think uh when you have a nice baseline um like you have an idea for a platformer uh, like if i do boom i already have like a jump system i like if i don't like how the gravity or something works with this particular character that i made i can tweak that easily but as far as like movement um delay time uh you know the character sliding or anything like that that's already kind of built in and i can just work off of that so you know i i think that's a big thing and uh um, it it really it it really can define your style as you know a a company slash indie dev you know you kind of like i look at edwin mcmillan uh who made you know, Binding of Isaac, Gish, uh, uh, Super Meat Boy. Um, not only is his art style very recognizable, but uh, how his games typically control, even though he has like different programmers and sometimes he'll take the programming thing up, he has a definite design sensibility in how things should move and feel. And yeah. just jumping in, like uh, you, you feel that you're playing his type of game. So it's 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 something that uh, I think as a as a you know budding developer that i i really pay attention to and and i enjoy because because you you know you have something right in the terms of like your identity when someone can pick up a controller and after 30 seconds know exactly who made the game you know it's (laughs) facts and i I feel like it's one of the things you're going to be interfacing with the most too is like how yes the game feels and like if it most people on the indie level uh keep it pretty loose like there's like weird jank like the first controller I put out, like, it's just, like, got weird jank to it. Like, it's just loose. And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with this, but something's wrong. And, like, I, it, maybe it's from years of playing, like, AAA, you know, releases as well, where it's, like, uh, you don't realize, like, how much time it takes to make a good felt-out control. Uh, yeah. And, like, it's definitely doable, but, like, you got to put some thought behind it. And, like, uh, this should be, like, the core mechanic is like what you spend the majority of your time on like everything else is just kind of window dressing if it doesn't feel good to like play like you have a bad time no matter like how good the rest of the game's designed or looks or or whatever else you know yeah yeah it's an interesting thought uh speaking of of uh of triple a um and indie devs just to pivot a little bit here um some great news in the triple a space uh there's been for the past at least two years, but it was definitely longer than that, uh, Titanfall 1 and Titanfall 2 have been unplayable on PC. Broke. And the thing with, with uh, Titanfall, it's made by Respawn, but EA published it. So what happens when EA goes on to the next game or goes on to... Or takes, you know, or a game has been out for a while. EA closes servers down, so then games are unable, or you, you can't play them ever again. Um, and they really don't support modding anymore, so you're pretty much screwed and dead in the water. Uh, it happened with Star Wars Battlefront, the original, um, well, the original DICE game, because Battlefront 1 and 2 made by uh, uh, Free Radical, um, but before them, 
I can't remember. But anyway, the LucasArts games. We talked about it before. Yeah, they're, they're up. They're up and ready to rock. So Find that um, old podcast where we talked about that, those devs right. spawning off to make their own studio. For sure. For sure. So so here's what happened. Uh, a group of modders who were very, very, very good at what they do created custom servers for Titanfall 2. I believe they actually cross-did it with Titanfall 1 as well. So Titanfall 2 is back on PC. You have custom servers, new game modes, and uh, you know there'll be anti-cheat stuff coming as well. And so there's been a hacker that has been plaguing, plaguing Titanfall where it, it's unplayable. He just does nothing but sits sits down and just ruins Titanfall for everyone. So so the population is that near zero. But then you have these dedicated people who, who keep trying to play every day. Um, <laughs> What do you in, think that guy's like villain origin story is? He just doesn't like EA. Which dude, is, I feel I feel that that he's like he really likes Titanfall, right? I think he really yeah. liked Titanfall. I think one day he just got wrecked and <laughs> and, and, and like like teabagged so much, and he's having a, a real bad day where where uh, you know like like before he came home, right? He stubbed his toe. He tripped over his own two feet. Uh, he he had dinner and got salmonella poisoning it from from it, you know. And he just wanted to wind down playing a game. Dog got ran too. over by a and, car. His wife some, right, home. right. And some <laughs> super Chad comes up, you know, three sixty no scope snipes him in the head, j- hijacks his mech, you know, uh, talks shit in chat, teabags him, t- teabags him every single life, and then you know st- starts a vote kick and kicks him off the server, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that something like that happened to him and one story i heard was that it was a group of people who were upset that titanfall wasn't getting any like update or love and there was it was like plagued by hackers and so they're like i'm just taking this all down until uh you know because it's so easily exploited i'm just gonna shut down the servers and then force uh ea to do something about it and they moved on to apex legends as well where they yes took down those servers as well for a bit uh but then they fixed that because <laughs> that's the, the money that's their yeah, that's their, uh, their bread yeah. and butter they're like oh yeah, yeah we better get people on this but they didn't do it for Titanfall. so i feel like it was the same thought processes of like if we break the ba- break this and make it unplayable then nobody will enjoy it and then they'll have to fix it uh it's i don't know it's kind of i think it's an okay idea but like nobody cares like in practice like business these huge businesses ea doesn't give a shit they're like ah oh, you already bought the game whatever you there's does titanfall 2 even have a single player mode <laughs> like yeah that's it it's dude if you've never uh all right if you've never played the single player of titanfall 2 um even if you can't play the multiplayer even if you're not interested in multiplayer at all titanfall 2 single player is one of the best single player fps campaigns in the last decade truthfully it was yeah. phenomenal dude i couldn't so, put we've that been talking down. about tight controls i've heard they've had like some of the best in the business yep yep uh, yep. For- yeah definitely dude check it out it's it's great it's i think the game's only like five bucks because <laughs> <laughs> it's unplayable like, online right 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 until it's, now it's worth dude it's 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 completely worth but uh you're you're right you're right you know uh in the grand scheme of things no one cared uh, but these modders came and uh, you circumvent EA's custom server browser, which is fucking broken anyway, or EA's yeah. server browser, which is fucking broken. They try to move uh, everything to like those games as service. So they're like, you want to buy a game? You have to log into as like origin. Yeah. Get an origin account. I have like a bunch of games. I just never play because they're all on origin, dude. I just like, I'm like, I can't, I have to like go in here. I have to remember. I remember like I, my buddy's got apex legend or whatever. So it's like trying to figure out like my account for that. 
And I was like, what the fuck is my name on here? I remember registering. And like, I remember my username was already taken. And then like, I log in, it's like magic green dragon. <laughs> like my username. And I was like, yeah, all right. This is a pretty cool name. I was like, it's, you know, uh, that's funny. Well, I mean, they, they uh, made nice with steam again. So all of EA games are on steam again. So that's been better. Yeah. Um, when, when, the launchers were all spread out because I, I like you and probably everyone listening to here if you've played games on pc at all you have accounts with every fucking launcher ever um what i found is i use steam as my main launcher um and then i use uh gog galaxy um as a secondary and so if i because like you know when i was into quake champions um i had that game on the bethesda client because i that's how i I got it because um, it was cheaper to pre-order it there. Um, you know, the Ubisoft Ubisoft Connect with Rainbow Six Siege, I, I have it on there along with like Splinter Cell Blacklist, things like that. Um, let's see. What's the other, what are the other clients? Uh, they got the Unreal one. They got... Uh, yeah, the Epic Game Store. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely hate how that client looks and operates. So like Diabotical, uh uh other i don't even think i think it's the only game i really play on that chivalry 2 i couldn't wait for that game to come to steam so i bought it there i don't play fortnite but uh yeah you know things like <laughs> things like that uh i launched it's through fun, the man. god galaxy Fortnite's launcher fun. i'm gonna say it i don't give a no, shit no no i i i, I, don't <laughs> like the I think we, we discussed this i just don't like the building i think the gunplay yeah. is fine I, yeah i, I, I don't never like building things yeah i stopped playing when the building became the main meta uh but like there was a, a golden era of fortnite where it was like minimal building and like run and gun uh and it was fun yeah. i enjoyed yeah. it uh but then chad's like me and my buddies who can like actually aim down sights and like know how to use a compass start dominating so all the kids <laughs> are like like fortifying and building themselves off and like their hidey holes and i'm like <laughs> i don't i don't want to play this anymore like, it's just, it's, they're like you know building up and up and up and i'm like ah, i'm good dude <laughs> so bad much man. It's 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 a uh, it's its own it's its own niche. Like nothing does Fortnite like Fortnite. So I mean, it, it definitely carved its path. It's just not for me. That's all. <laughs> you know, like, people no. will shit on it, going that game fucking sucks. I think I'm like, does it though? You know, I feel like, like it's like, I just got the don't same like problem it, you know? as uh, RTSs, where the the meta moved to like uh, APMs, and like yeah. if you don't have like fast APMs and good hotkeys on your keyboard for like building fast. Like you get dunked on and you're going to feel like shit, but like, you're yeah. going to feel the same way. Like if you try to like play a game of Starcraft two right now, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you're going to be like, God damn, why am I so bad at Starcraft? Uh, it's yeah. just cause yeah. like the people who are into it are really into it. And they're doing like, you know, two, 300 actions per minute. Whereas like you're doing like four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. 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 I think, I think the pe- that's why uh, people gravitate towards like four X games where it's more of the grand scale battles uh that take time versus the uh, quickness of a uh, starcraft or command and conquer and shit like that so that's interesting but yeah dude uh north star north star brought titanfall 2 back it's it's huge dude it the game immediately skyrocketed uh you have uh custom servers and if you remember like like the old quake stalwart madhouse based in chicago they they immediately jumped on the Titanfall two bandwagon. Their servers always are always like full and ready to rock. Um, they added yeah. new game modes and stuff, and they, by virtue of opening up this mod, the game itself is opened up to more modding too. So Titanfall two is having a, a second life, dude, and I'm yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we uh, saw this uh, same kind of thing where it's like a really Herculean undertaking, especially for like things like MMOs and stuff, where like. 
Uh, you have like these weird private servers that like pop up with like small populations of people. But it's like if you bought the game and like there's they shut down the official servers or whatever, it's like it's the only way to play it. Or like uh, sometimes slices of the game yes. as well, where it's like, oh, I like the game up until like this expansion. Uh, I know that was huge for like Lineage 2, where like you get on private servers for a long time and it was like, oh, you can play up to like uh, the, whatever it is, like the Crusade. And then like sure. you're like, that's it. Because uh, I didn't like it when they added in like all the winged furry people, like that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then like they do the same thing with like WoW as well, where you have like your vanilla WoW server as well, and like it's like all right, we're having this up to like the main expansion because I didn't like it when they added in like the weird winged and furry creatures. That was weird. <laughs> That's where you keep stopping in MMOs. Yeah, they start the adding winged furry the... people. And, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's really bad. I'm not alone. There's a, there's a community of us. <laughs> um, so so that got me thinking, man. Um, so shout out to the North Star team for sure, um, and thank you for saving Titanfall two. Hopefully, this will like the population remains high, and it will show EA and respawn that they made a fucking phenomenal game. And to go back to the universe, I love that Apex Legends is is within universe, and we have you know some a lot of titanfall influences but uh let's get a titanfall 3 just in general right i miss i miss jumping in mechs you know i'd like it on next gen we'll see how it goes but uh, uh north star is is a stepping stone to that hopefully so you know shout out to those devs but uh that got me thinking dude uh modders save things all the time and this is just the latest the latest story of it dude um a couple of things that i was thinking about uh like one of my favorite games ever and one of the best games of all time, Deus Ex. Uh, that game, that game is still phenomenal, but it aged poorly. Not only in controls, but uh, you know, just just general you know Graphic some gameplay fidelity. sensibilities. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so the only way to really play Deus Ex right now, I mean, yes, it'll work if you start it up, but you're gonna be all like, why do I have to use the number pad for certain things in controls? So you're gonna have to immediately. You know, modify See our controls. earlier discussion, man. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah, every button on the keyboard has to do so. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, you know, there's there's the revisionist mod for Deus Ex that restores some cut content, uh, modernizes the game a bit, and you can just jump in and start enjoying it, and it and it works, and including uh, higher resolutions. Um, they added the uh, the gender mod, which I can't remember what it's actually called, but you can you can choose to be a female now, which is actually cut, which was going to happen in the game anyway. Ion Storm was building it, but they just didn't have time. And yeah. uh, this, this you know, dedicated modder um, re-recorded all of the voice lines for J.C. Denton and, uh, you know, added new NPCs, added new character interactions. So you actually, you don't get the, the thing if when they refer to you as like a male or something, they changed it to female and it sounds natural in the game. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, so like Deus Ex Revisionist mod, man, that's, that's how you play Deus Ex. Like when you download yeah. or buy that game, first forum post first like guide or anything it goes download revisionist you know it's <laughs> it's it's part of it now and i think that's incredible um i know, know like uh, they had like a lot of this problem as well early on with porting a bunch of games over from consoles to pc and modders had to like step in just to like fix controls <laughs> because like the pc they're like all right you can only use like these buttons and that's it uh, and i know like a lot of, like the sega collection and stuff they're like we gotta go in and fix like how this maps to like uh, where you can set up. Like it's usually like another program you have to, you know, set up like the DL files or whatever, but it does it out of hand, out of pocket yeah. for you. Yeah. Where it's like, this would be 
you know, standard, but like, you know, modders had to like step in and just make these games like really playable, like on uh, a modern system on PC, but Yep, you know, yep. it's, like, it's uh, crazy. Like you look in um, Dark Souls, uh, the original Dark Souls. Um, everyone knows it's it won like the greatest game of all time on like the Game Awards or whatever. It's like the world's ultimate game, which you know it's it's hard to argue. Even if you don't like that genre, Dark Dark Souls definitely was a force of nature. Um, yeah, it started its own genre. Now people call things Dark Souls like you know. Yep, 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 exactly. And uh, you know, like the PC port of the original sucked ass. And you know what fixed it? DS fix. It was a mod people made to make the game fucking work. And yeah. people even overlooked that. Like if you if you bought like before the uh, uh, remastered edition came out, if you bought Dark Souls Dark Souls on PC, they're like get the DS fix mod. It you know higher resolutions, uh, unlocked frame rate. Uh, you know, just controls in general. Uh, shit, just where even fixed crashes. Like when a mod fixes yeah. crashes, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Just dedication. Yeah, yeah. So, so fucking huge, dude. So, so I think that that as as we move toward triple uh, A, like triple A gets gets higher gets higher separation from uh, you know indie uh, at the moment because I think like you know the advent of the new consoles, uh, HDR stuff like that. Um, you know, triple A guys have, have access to more things than we as, as indie devs do. Um, but there's still dedicated people who will figure it out, who will go in and tweak things, you know? So, so I, I just wanted to take this, this episode and just give a shout out to some of these modders, man, who are, who are out there doing God's work, you know, um, yeah. the DS fix people, the Titanfall 2 North star people, um, speaking of EA, going back to them, uh, battlefront two, uh, they're, they, they're keeping the servers open right now because the game still has a very high population, but it'll end eventually. And one of the things that, that stops that game is sometimes you'll have playlists that are empty. So you know what? Modders came out again. Custom servers, uh, the Kyber, um, custom servers for Battlefront too. So you know that's big. That's going to open the game up a bunch. Uh, they used to have this all in back in the day. Back in my day, uh, you'd have to like have like a private server to even play like online games, and like it would just give you a server list whenever yeah. you try to play like uh, your Quakes or whatever. It's like oh, you can play on like any wacky server that's out there. Uh, but they yeah. got away from that with the basically like Xbox and PlayStation Xbox where they, Live and they yeah. made an ecosystem on PC. Yeah. 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 And like just the way servers and like the cost of running things also changed up as well. And like to prevent cheats and stuff, they like got away from like private servers. But it's always been why not have the option? I think it's yeah. uh been like the tournament scenes always wanted it. Uh I think like every every uh sports, you know, uh esports people trying to set up private tournaments or whatever, or like custom modes for things. It's like, you usually have to contact the developers directly and get like, a, you know, somebody to come out or like give you a specific <laughs> build for how you're going to do things. Uh, and then like the quality of that's always like questionable. Cause you don't know like what patch version you're going to get. Uh, like, yeah. so it's like nobody knows. Sometimes you just go into things just blind as well, where you're like, I don't know, this might crash or it might be glorious. Who knows? Well, like the big tournaments, you specified what patch. So, like, yeah. like uh, back, like ESL, uh, shit, like stuff, stuff like that back there. You specified what patch it was. So, so that helped. But yeah, um, you're right. You're right. Some shit got nutty. Um, I don't know. You know, when the reason why we don't have custom servers as much anymore is you're right. Xbox Live, um, the consoleization of gaming um, online. But I think that consoles actually 
expanded upon what multiplayer gaming was because I think matchmaking is huge. Uh, people hate skill-based matchmaking, but I think that when done correctly, um, it's it's phenomenal because you're always, you're, you know, it's supposed to work so you'll always have a fun match. You know, you always have an intense yeah. match. Um, naturally, matches you'll go up and down, whatever. Um, but I, I personally uh, um, enjoy it, you know? Like, like I like just hitting a button, it searches, it matches me up with people, and I'm always in. You ever, like, I remember... Uh, back in the you know 90s and early 2000s like trying to join the same server as your buddy you'd have to make sure there was enough open slots or you'd wait for a slot to open up then you'd get in and then hope to god that you're on the same team you know if one yeah. team's full you'd have to wait um enemy territory uh was one of my favorite games ever and uh, i got every fucking buddy i've ever known to play at least play the game you know a lot a lot got addicted to it but you know at least play it and we'd always have to, you know, find servers with that were empty, and then we'd just populate it and go for that. That was just a part of gaming. And the fact that I can we can group up as a party right now, click a button, get matched with other other people, it's so easy now. Like 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 these kids don't know how it used to be, man. Yeah. You know, they just don't it used to be like uh, trying to exchange your Nintendo friend codes with people, but all the time. <laughs> I, I and that's, that's what gave rise to like TeamSpeak and stuff, dude. Like you, yeah. you could talk to your buddies and go, "Hey, I'm clicking this server. Okay, cool." You know. So, yeah. what's the IP of the server you're on? This one? No, no. Uh, yeah, like I, I could see big companies turning around and trying to sell us this, uh, but like wanting control of it. You know, they were like, "Oh, you want a server? We can rent you out a ten-person server for forty bucks a month." Uh, so I, I think we're going to get like the worst of everything in the future. <laughs> Whereas like it used to just be like, yeah, out of the box, like anyone who wanted like a dedicated server client could just download one and set it up with like a bit of a work. I, I know like Minecraft, I think was like that for a little bit. I'm not sure. Still if is. Still, yeah, still is, uh, you know, Valheim, uh, you know, like Rust, you can like set up like custom servers and stuff. Uh, but I could see big companies looking at that and be like, why don't we just, you know, keep getting money from people? And then, like, we just rent them out server space, even though we're already providing it for free. So, <laughs> but you get to change the, you know, in game options, though, too. Whoever owns the server. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, Battlefield did it as well, like, with Battlefield 4 and uh, I think 3 started it. Uh, maybe it was bad company too, but three for sure. Where you could have your own custom server, so you could always jump on a spot, and you'd have a slot just for you. So it'd be locked to to just you joining, which is pretty cool. I don't know, I don't know, man. I think there's a place for it, but you're right. It's it's hard when you have like giant companies controlling things, because then you have less freedom to make what you want. Yeah, that's like how can we make this profitable? And it's like people in like your game, and they'll buy the next one, and they keep right. supporting it, and they're like. I don't see how that's going to help our bottom line this quarter. <laughs> you know, like yeah, it's yeah. a very uh, four month at a time thinking. Yeah, but yeah, man. It's a. You could even look at like uh, something like Cyberpunk, where modders came in. They did like a huge quality of life uh, patches for that, and like they just recently hired a bunch of the modders into that. And I, you know, I've heard good and bad things about like they were like, oh, no more crunch time, but also we're going to keep crunching. Uh, they're like, well, they got called out on that. They're like, okay, we're just going to outsource the crunch now to other yeah. But like, that seems like every company does that at this point, where it's like, uh, if you don't see the worker exploitation, it's just happening in another country. You know, so, like, it's, <laughs> right, for sure, uh, for sure. Yeah, it's, they're heartless corporations. I know, like, some places do it better than others. I know, like, Divinity, their team, they had teams like globally, 
And so they could just kind of like do a baton tag, like toss where it's like, okay, our A team in Europe's coming online. And then like when they're going to bed, like our B team, like in the other hemispheres coming online. And then when they're going to bed, the, the C team's coming online and then they hand it off and they just had like the leads talk to the other leads. And like, so they had a very interesting way to do crunch. They left it up to a vote. Um, they're like, Hey, we're not going to make this, but we don't want to force anyone to do anything they don't want. So people voted on if they wanted to crunch or not, yeah. which, you know, like, let's say the first divinity was well, both were Kickstarter projects, but the first one for sure. Um, they're like, we don't want to disappoint the backers, you know, so we're going to crunch. And then they released stuff saying that, Hey, the staff decided to do this. This wasn't from the you know usually it's, it's always the staff though right that's the problem no, with crunch no, a lot of the time like i no. feel like that's it creates a culture where uh if you feel like the asshole if you go home uh when your hour's up if everybody else on the team's like there and they're like we gotta get this done we got all these people depending on us like the fans blah blah we gotta keep the lights on and you have like your supervisor their supervisor everybody's there just like working their ass off and you you're like, I'm the junior guy. I just, I want to go home. I got family, man. Peace out. And everyone's like, I just, all right, man. You, I don't know. There's a, there's a very real psychological thing where you feel bad going against the group when like the entire group's like doing one thing. Uh, and then like, you're the only guy who's like, I am out for 4 PM every day. And everybody else is there till you know, uh, 10 PM. And then they're like, and then they also do like shitty things, not on purpose, but it's still shitty where it's like, oh, we're giving you all these uh, perks in quotes where it's like, we have food, we're bringing catering, uh, we we're ordering out for you, uh, we're providing you with like, you know, whatever, X, Y, Z, we're giving you hotel rooms across the street, uh, you can <laughs> at your desk, whatever, you have pillows, you can have a, you know, a quiet yeah. room. Yeah. Uh, and it's all just reasons to keep you in the building so you don't go home to your family or like right. just out of the space, you know? Right. We yeah, have uh, foosball tables, man. We have a you know, pool table, a <laughs> ping pong table, bro. Why would you ever want to leave? There's a gym downstairs. It's like, <laughs> yeah, a... It, it, it's a harkens back to like the early 1700s where like the company owned stores, where it's like you get paid in company money and you can only use it in the, <laughs> the company store type of thing. Yeah. There's there's something to be said about that, and you're, and you're right. They do do that. I've I've been a part of a company that uh, uh, we've done. We were doing a like a whole system wide uh, change, right? Um, yeah. This was in when I was in banking, and uh, we were doing it over the weekend, and shit was not working. We opened up again on Monday. We had you know like people who had to get their money out of the bank, uh, you know, so it had to work somehow. And one of the things that it fell on was this guy, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, I could have went home, but then Monday would have sucked, you know, like <laughs> for people. everybody. Yeah. For everybody. So, uh, so, you know, I negotiated like, Hey, I'm going to take the day off on Monday what, and I'm going to get the shit working over the weekend, you know? So I you know, busted my ass, stayed up quite a bit, uh, Got got shit connected, got shit working, and come Monday morning, no one even knew there was a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there, there's something about that. But here's where where I think the companies just they don't have a timeline. You know, they're like, yeah. they're like, we need to make we need to make release right. Well, you decided release upon based upon where you were previously, right? It's games that are out in like four years or something like that. It's like, hey, tw like 2025, we're gonna have our next game. 
all right? You know, I think I think that games shouldn't be announced that early. You know, because yeah. you don't you don't know, especially when it's like a next gen something or other. You know, you yes. don't know how it's going to work. Like it's Cyberpunk like a, was announced six years before it came big out. Example, like, yeah, yeah it's like, ridiculous. Like, fuck off, dude. Like I think I personally think that games shouldn't be announced until they're a year out. You know, yeah. just I, you know, you got shareholders to think about kids. Yeah, kids. yeah, that's true. That's true. But there, there's you know, if you if you look in the grand scheme of things, games that are announced like years before always run into development issues. Always have always have flack. Halo Infinite, for example, which we talk about a lot on this pod, six years in development, probably more than that, honestly, and uh, just six years since the last game. And the game had a shitstorm of problems, you know, and yeah. even on release, it still seems rushed. If they would have announced it like a year ago for going, hey, uh, this should be out this year. And, and when you announce it, you should be ready to go gold in like six months. Let's say six months, yeah. you should be ready to go gold. They weren't ready say, at all. You know, I would say like those last six months though are like the uh, worst. Unless you like you said, like you've already like set it up where it's like you're not having to worry about like crunch or conceding and like uh, you basically taking care of all the big problems. You've done like yes. your uh, QA and like you're like, all right, we're just patching up things from the QA and this will be our gold release. Whereas yeah. like I feel like big AAA games are like, all right, we're gonna drop this out in six months and then we're going to start QA and then like, we're going to try and put out like all these major fires. And that's where you end up with like these unreasonable crunch, uh, and, yeah. like all these other problems. Like, yeah, well, like the, the ones that have, uh, their, their multiplayer betas, right? Like a month yeah. before the game comes out. Like, that's not a fucking beta. That's a, the, you're, you're not testing shit. You know, you're not, yeah. you don't have time to fix anything that could be broken there. Like, that's so just like a fucking limited demo for you. Yeah. Fallout yeah. 76, fucking the Call of Duty, fucking Battlefield. Battlefield 2042 was so fucking broken on that beta that the game came out, uh, what was it, 40 days later? And it was still fucking broken. Was anyone surprised? There's no time to fix that. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? So that's, you know, that's that's the difference from AAA to, also to indie. want to throw not just on publishers, but also uh, platforms as well. Like you can look at like how Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo let a lot of shit slide. They let like a lot of shit slide with like Cyberpunk, uh, specifically because they're like, oh, we're gonna fix it within the first patch because like you can download stuff now. So like they give way too much leeway. I feel like two companies where they're like, oh, we'll just assume they'll fix it. They give them like passes where they're like, ah, you know, we'll give them cert, but we know they're gonna patch it day one. Uh, yeah. And like sometimes they do, but most of the time they're not. Like you need to like stop and be like. No, we're not going to let this through this way. You need to like patch this, uh, and then we'll put it through. We're not going to put this broken shit on our store. Yeah, uh, you well, can look I mean, at like, Cyberpunk got removed from PlayStation stores. So. Yeah, but like they never do that. Like they they had to like yeah. rewrite policies and like go through and change things specifically because like there's like a uh, a major bad actor. But there's been plenty of bad actors who like just got the pass and that led up to like this problem. It's like. There's like a thousand little holes, and this was just like the one that like pushed through like the dam where people are like, "No, we're suing. This is crazy." Yeah. And like yeah. they did like a bunch of class action lawsuits, but like you, you've seen this like happen time and time again with like EA, where they're constantly getting class action lawsuited by consumers. <laughs> where like you know Australia had to like rewrite like some consumer laws to like better favor people. We're like, no, people gotta be able to return these busted ass games if they get right. home and it's not working or it's like not what was described. Like this is this is should be illegal. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Agreed. Agreed. You can't you um, can't fuck over the uh, consumer because you you know your company was incompetent or at least a broken ass game. That's true. I mean, That's they're true. not even incompetent. They're just looking at the bottom line. Like I said, like when you have more pre sales and like you're gonna lose money by keep developing it, you're like, all right, we're gonna push this out because we need like eight more months to like put the fine tuning and polish on this. But it's yeah. like your game wasn't ready this year. It was ready in eight months, and that was when it was gonna be like an okay release. <laughs> like, so I don't know, like we're really looking for like modders to fix like a lot of these problems. And like a lot of it's OG games where like they build all these good modular systems. Like you can look at like things like Skyrim, which is yeah. like, they put out like all these good modding tools and stuff. And like, it's really kept alive. This franchise It's really kept Bethesda, <laughs> like, uh, you know, alive. Shit, Grand Theft Auto online, dude. Like yeah. let's keep, I, maybe I'm in the minority, but I don't find the multiplayer fun at all. But, you know, it's keeping it alive, like the RP servers, the, you know, custom shit that's going on in that game. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, it's, it is what it is. I think that's that's one of those things where you're just like, like Grand Theft Auto should have been a no brainer to have online and have fun. Right. But for whatever reason, I, I just couldn't get into it. But the RP servers, people love it. Um, people yeah. love streaming and watching it. Like it's keeping that game going. That game's been going for what, a decade almost? Yeah, and like just look at like all Same the wacky mods that are yeah. in that game too, where you could like I saw like two people like fighting Godzilla and like uh <laughs> another like, you know, Kaijin in that game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's like one of the main questions they get asked at every shareholder meeting as well is like when's the next Grand Theft Auto coming out? Uh, and then they're yeah. like, we're printing money with these online servers. And they're like, Shut all right, the never mind. Up. Yeah, <laughs> for, sure. for sure. But uh, yeah, dude, we're just kind of uh, winding down here. And I just wanted to give a shout to other mods that are pretty much the definitive experience for these games. Um, we talked about Titanfall 2. We talked about Deus Ex, Titanfall 2's North Star mod, Deus Ex Revisionist, um, Battlefront 2, the Kyber custom servers, uh, Battlefield 2. Uh, project reality there's still project reality servers up um, and i think they do the more realistic combat better than like battlefield 4 did project reality was dope as fuck uh, modernizing the game and uh making it more of a you know tech shooter that's on a large scale um the dark souls ds fix of course it's required uh just cause 2 you know why just cause was so popular not because a single player was that fun um which it was but uh they added multiplayer. Like, modders just said, this game didn't have multiplayer at all. They said, hey, this this world it would be super fun if a bunch of people could jump in. So Just Cause 2 multiplayer did that, man. It was fucking awesome. And then um, the real the the actual devs have never made a multiplayer mode for Just Cause. It makes no sense. Like, it's, it's a huge sandbox. It'd be fun. Um, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines and also Masquerade Redemption have fan patch have unofficial fan patches that are required just to beat the game. That's just like um, a cult classic game. Like it didn't mm-hmm. it kind of came out like a whimper and then like built up to like this whole thing where it's like it's a huge cult following, but like yeah, know, it, it's all built on the uh Steam engine, right? The uh uh Half Life Source. The Source, source yeah. engine, yeah. Yeah, yep. That's yep. crazy. Like what the like source has always been really uh, modder friendly as well like titanfall that... 2 and titanfall 1 are also built on source yeah so, so yeah go. yeah uh but yeah Vamp- coming in hot dude 
Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines is seriously one of the best RPGs I've ever played, and I couldn't imagine playing it without the without the fan patch. So uh, shout out to the people who made Bloodlines patch. Uh, I think they're on nine point three right now. Um, shout out those guys. Uh, Star Wars uh, Knights of the Old Republic two, the Sith Lords, um, the fan patch that restored custom restored uh, cut content, which completely which adds like fucking twenty hours to that game. Yeah. <laughs> so world building and was made the game way better. So shout out to those guys, and finally the people who who decided to just improve and make you know online play for games that don't have it um fighting games like you know we have project m for uh smash bros it was a uh, smash bros 4 and uh they added wave dashing and it made the combat more like melee and then f- for things like you know fightcade uh the ggpl client and slippy for you know smash bros and stuff dude like modders just they they help our our industry that we love you know yeah. without without modders we wouldn't have a lot of things we wouldn't have counter strike team fortress league keeping of legends those old Xbox of the servers. Ancients, man <laughs> yeah dude custom servers keeping fantasy star they online the og one ticking to this day you know yeah, <laughs> like like that's the first time i've ever heard of like fan servers was, was playing fantasy star online i got it on pc um people were all like oh yeah you can still cross play with dream you can still play it on dreamcast to this day dude it's insane there's still there's dreamcast be, custom servers and and uh right now people who um, have a, like emulators for ps3 and stuff they figured out how to emulate the fucking PlayStation Network so you can play the games online now, just natively. It doesn't make yeah. sense, dude. It's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. So shout out to all the modders who are keeping keeping just our old favorites alive, man. Shout out. Yeah. There's definitely, I would say there's like two tiers of it. It's like, it's a great uh, way to get your foot wet and learn how to do like different harder game dev stuff. And then two, it's like, it's a great for preservation to like keep a lot of this stuff that would just like evaporate, like still alive. Uh, I think there's like what's that place called like Hidden Palace where they do like dumps of like uh, these classic source code of like uh, games from like uh, the you know everything from like NES to, like I think that's gray area. <laughs> it's very it's very that. gray. <laughs> Game preservation is extremely gray area. Same with like yes. uh, we talked about a little bit like uh, last time where I was talking about like oh I found like on the Internet Archive I can get these uh, books that don't exist in America. Uh, but like that's an extremely gray legal area where it's like oh you should you know buy a ticket to japan and like track down like these books (laughs) at like a pawn shop or like a you know thrift store and buy them there and it's like yeah bro i'm not gonna do all that but uh right right this whole portion of the pod is being gonna be redacted by the way (laughs) it's a lot of the things too where it's like the original creators are no longer even getting money for it it's like some sort of weird holding company in name uh, only. no one lives forever one and two are in that same same boat like, right some, now like weird legal i know like uh uh good old games does a good job of like trying to track down like a lot of these licenses and like do a lot of game preservation there as well if you want to go to the more uh legal area yes. uh where they go through and they find these contracts they find the people and they like spend a lot of time and effort to preserve and they like, make the it work on modern computers too so yeah yeah they do you know they do a ton of work to get that to that point where it's uh i don't it's, it's tough man and like they they were they started off as modders as well like they're offshoot where they wanted to translate games to uh whatever it was like uh whatever oh, crazy whatever crazy it's, uh, languages it's yeah, cd Shemash. project red who owns it yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, you know they wanted to translate to polish uh 
you know, they got to get out there and do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, dude, I think, I think, uh, you know, that, that, that concludes today's episode, but, uh, you know, shout out modders and chip. I'm excited to see your next, uh, your next project in unity, man. That uh, was very fun seeing your 2d, your 2d game. And if you guys yeah. haven't played it, uh, check out chips, uh, chips. Waiting to see uh, uh, some bike. screenshots of yours, man. It's- when are we gonna? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll jump we some out. Steel Magnolia. <laughs> we'll jump some. We'll, 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 we'll throw some out really soon here. It'll be good. All right, man. This is episode fifty. Can you believe it? Oh shit, hour, dude. Yeah, man. This is uh, the season two ender. So everybody who has been following us for since jump, everybody who's joined in and uh, it has just given us some love. Thank you so much. We're just starting. It's just, just starting. It's, it's just getting better, man. It's just getting better. So uh, you know, I'm Mr. Gimpy. It's Chip Chip Monk. Monk. We're out of here, guys. Take Peace. care. Like, share, subscribe.